Welcome to Six Degrees of Silvis, a podcast where we talk with artists, art collectors, advisors, museum directors, and curators to learn firsthand how the art world operates and how each participant uniquely addresses vital issues of our time. This week, John talks with artists David Brodnan and Stephanie Rowland. We are very um, uh, empathic. And so we decided in our artworks and and uh, our philosophy to take care of the others. So that's why we explore the the, the marge, the margin of the society. So it um, our practice requests a lot of time, a lot of empathy and energy too, to uh, encounter people in different social situations around the world uh, and try to understand their reality. And the, um, our practice, it's, uh, we are not activists because we, we just want to understand and, and uh, the situation. And we are the in between this situation or those people or those country or whatever, and uh, a large audience. So we are the link between a group and the audience. Here's the host of the show, John Silvis. I am your host, John Silvis. I'm an art advisor and a curator based in New York. Most of my research I share with my friends and my clients to focus on global contemporary art, usually with emerging and mid-career artists. With this podcast, I hope to pull back the curtain to uh, allow us to engage with some of the conversations that happen in the art world and encourage and push the art conversation forward. Please join me in welcoming these wonderful guests. Today, I'm delighted to speak with David Brognan and Stephanie Rowland, who have been working together since 2006 and are based in Paris and Luxembourg. One of their statements is to probe the existential fault lines observing the fallen and the alienated. Their projects and installations are multidisciplinary that include installation, sculpture, photography, different materials, and the building blocks and the direction of each work is determined by the context and the protagonists of the areas of society they are exploring. In 2013, they won the Pirelli Art Prize in Art Brussels and uh, are the subject of several monographs. Artisy and Breakwall describes their practice as the culmination of small epiphanies in everyday life, the moments of grace in the darkness or the commonplace. They delicately enhance the brilliance of what is usually neglected. Brogdon and Roland have had numerous international exhibitions and I would like to highlight two of them Today, from 2020, l'avant dernière version de la réalité at McVal in France, 2019, uh, titled Maybe Some of Us Will Change This at the ICA in Los Angeles, and of course, numerous prestigious group exhibitions. They are included in many private and public museum collections. For example, Max, the Musée des Arts Contemporains in Belgium, the Centre National des Arts Plastiques in Paris, France, 
the Israel Museum in Jerusalem and notable private collections such as the Survey family in Brussels and the Mudam collection in Luxembourg. So welcome and it's wonderful to speak with you about your work today. Greetings everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today in this conversation with David and Stephanie. So bonjour, hope you're doing well and uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you for the invitation, John. Yeah, bonjour, merci. Thank you very much. We're really happy to, to be able to speak with you today. Great. Um, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about your overarching practice. Uh, when I got to know your work, I, I looked through a lot of your catalogs and, and tried to understand some of the key projects you're involved with. Um, some of our listeners may not be as familiar with uh, the kind of work that you're making because your work really depends on a specific context. Uh, usually the uh, work ends up being an installation, but it'd be great to hear more of like how you approach your work and, and also why you've decided to work in this realm of engaging a community or uh, some kind of sort of social project. Uh, yeah, so with um, with Stephanie, so we worked together since uh, 15 years, something like that. So, and um, we uh, we are very um, uh, empathic, and so we uh, decided in our artworks and uh, and our philosophy to take care of the others. So that's why we explore the 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 march the margin of the society. So it um, our practice requests a lot of time, a lot of empathy and energy too, to uh, encounter people in different social situations around the world uh, and try to understand their reality. And the, um, our practice, it's, uh, we're not activists because we, we just want to understand and, and the situation. And we are the in-between this situation or those people or those country or whatever and uh, a large audience so we are the link between a group and the audience so um we the the, the way we work is to stay with the people as long as possible understand talk with them exchange and uh, and after we still keep in mind that this reality we discover or this secrets people are ready to uh, to share with us uh, has to be uh, understandable by a large audience of uh, contemporary art amateur or public or museum so we we try to find the right balance to, uh, between something uh, very um, authentic i mean because it's the reality of those people and something was we really understandable by people who don't know this situation so we are the in between mm -hmm. the so you're you're essentially translating that experience in those communities into some kind of visual dialogue exactly and so it's uh, and it's more difficult because as we are not uh, activists and we are just want to share a reality with people in a minimalistic way or a conceptual way. Uh, we have to keep an eye, an eye on the, the, the person we work with, 
and uh, the, the bigger audience. So it's a big responsibility to uh, to uh, understand well and uh, and deeply the situation to uh, to uh, give the artworks to the audience uh, with uh, a true uh, and a respect of the people we work with. So it's uh, we have to find the right balance in the. Yeah, and when, sorry, when, when David says that we are not activists, it's really only because we say we, we whisper things. We are not shouting. This is yeah. really yeah. something uh, which is important for us. Yeah, yeah you're, you're not going at the situation or the problem with a preconceived agenda. You're kind of allowing no. that situation to generate ideas and commentary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything's come with the exchange and and the and the trust people gave us and, and trust we have in those people. So we have to uh, to be um, in a very um, uh, yeah tr the trustful situation as possible to people share their secrets or discussing and exchange their reality or story or personal information mm -hmm. to uh, allow us to make the rightest artworks possible on this situation. I mean, it seems like one of the really important elements of your practice is time, because yeah. um, in order to arrive at those conclusions, you need to spend time with the people, time thinking about the ideas and then, you know, constructing the work or building the installation. So to me, it seems like that that's a sort of a key component, which is maybe different than a studio artist who, you know, has sort of a set rhythm, a set routine, maybe. And, um, yours requires a different kind of engagement. The, the, the time and also the duration, the experience duration. of the duration is very important for us. And, um, and the, the time is common to everybody, but uh, the, each situation has its kind of personal time. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we try to discover if we work in, in jail, for example, with inmates, their perception of time is different from people in streets. Of if we work in a, a, a drug a drug addict uh, center, as as we work with in Luxembourg, they have their own routine, their own perception of time. It's very personal. It's very personal, and we try to grab all this perception to try to transform it into something universal and be understandable by people who are not in, in this case. So it's an exploration of time and uh, in each situation or groups or area of the world or, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it takes time to be accurate also. We need to, to, to spend time to understand and uh, to be sure that what we do is uh, accurate. Mm. Yeah. And so describe yeah. what you were doing with the um, addiction centers in Luxembourg. Were, were you um, like doing concrete projects with them, trying to involve them in, in an artwork? Yeah, so uh, in Luxembourg, we have, um, it's a legal uh, drug injection, injection center uh, who allow to, uh, to drug addict to, to come there and exchange a clean syringe and uh, be taken in charge by doctors or psychiatrists or psychologues. And so we we're looking for um, um, the we were searching about the question of destiny and the um, 
and we entering as volunteer for 10 months in this uh, what we call here as a shooting center uh, for uh, let's say not the same shooting center as in, in us but uh, here it's called a shooting center and um, and try to exchange with people about their, their destiny because the question was is was the is the, the the destiny is already written in their hands as uh, something uh, you just have to follow by, or you can change your destiny, or are you a slave of your fate? Yeah. And so we uh, <clears throat> we decided to to try to find a common point between us. I mean, people who are not in this center and this group of people, mm -hmm. and uh, the common point was the fate line. And so we spent ten months to discuss with those people. Uh, there are for around uh, 400 people per day in this center. So it's a very intense uh, place. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we spend time to exchange Shireen and discuss with them and, uh, and about their destiny and their history. And so at the end of the project, we took the, the palm end, the right palm end of some people of the, the center and we uh, translate their uh, fate line into a neon. And so we decided to make white neon of two meter high. And um, for two reasons, um, the, the first is the, the two meters high is for one in the lifetime, they fate dominate us because we are looking at them from top to bottom because we think we are uh, protected by uh, who knows but uh, and so we kind of pity of those people. So at that moment, their fates are dominate us with two meters high, and uh, and also the white light because it's like a thunder strike. And um, and when it's shown in museum or galleries, the most of the people who arrive in the the exhibition room say, "Oh, that's super beautiful. That's a thunder strike." Say, "No, no, that's a that's a a fate line. Oh, that's sweet." Of a drug addict, and directly, they they uh, they they freak out and look at their uh, home palm end and ask us, uh, "Do you see? Uh, have you seen a, a common uh, a common line of all those people?" Because I just want to ask myself, and and they and they for and they are like fragile people because they are uh, they imagine that it can happen to them too because we think we are protected, but. Uh, when you are uh, feel like a weak, you you, you you think twice about the situation of those people. So in the exhibition, you also have texts of conversations with with the people there from the center, or is it just the the neon uh, structure? Uh, we made several projects with those people. Uh, another project is the the, sh the shooting table. It's a stainless steel table especially made for people to allow them to uh, prepare their injection. So it's a very charismatic uh, table. Uh, and uh, we have a deal with the, the center and we take the used, the used table and in exchange of a new one we make produce for them because we are very interested also of the soul of the material and the spirit of this those table. And so we make some artwork with them and uh, with those tables and put some, uh, like um, I would say, uh, augmented ready-made mm -hmm. with some sometimes stones or things on it who can 
give to the public another perception of what's it's uh, the mental uh, uh, alienation mm -hmm. about the drugs and uh, and the situation. Yeah, so yeah. it seems like there's a real um, psychological psychological component to what you do. Um, do you have any any background or training in that area? Because um, both with the center and then also thinking about the the project you did at the Caterpillar plant that was closing, it seems like there's this element or ability that you have to have to, you know you know, allow people to engage with you and, and sort of make sure people don't have their guards up. So that, to me, that's a, a very special skill. Yeah, it's a very special skill that uh, after a while, when we, when we work, for instance, in jail or when we work in this injection center, and we, we are invited after that by different, I don't know, museum directors saying we have, um, we have uh, workers from the caterpillar factory which is closing they want to leave an artwork would you help them so we are lucky in this way that we we they ask us to come they trust us they trust us and uh well in the beginning it was not that easy though no no it wasn't easy at all <laughs> when we when we went to the to the factory uh there were there were mad but they were also sad and we we had to understand because it, it was a mix of so many emotions and there were so many people thinking differently some were not believing it was closing other were, were wanted to to destroy the plant uh many many um yeah all those emotions we had to um work with that yeah and after weeks or months Month. seeing them talking to them we we finally um find the 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 solution together and that was yeah. that was really the the important part for us not going there with an idea and saying okay you're gonna you're gonna make it because uh you have you are like gold in your hand we wanted to be uh as i said earlier accurate and to be accurate we had to understand what it feels to work for 50 years in in a place and the the day after they just say you were not good enough you can go home mm -hmm. yeah. and we had to really to understand and i guess it's a skill at yeah. least but wh wh when we are arrive in this kind of situation uh we have to be a, a sponge and just be there and be infected by emotions and try to understand and be there and talk to them because those for example for the caterpillar factory those people need to talk to yeah. to, to 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 clean their soul and say okay they they all the heaven in the heart they have to tell them that to to somebody and so we were there to to catch that all the information details emotion uh tears or whatever but in that case, there were uh, 2,500 people. So it's uh, a lot of it was a very, uh, but for example, it, it, each time we went uh, we went over there and we came back home with Stephanie, we don't talk in the car for two hours because the scent after goes down. And the, yeah, 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 because it was too, too intense for us. Mm -hmm. And also don't forget that at the end of that, an artwork has to be produced. And that's what the main goal, because the 
the, 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 the artworks has to be produced before the closing of the, of the, um, uh, of the plant, the, the mm -hmm. factory plant. So it was a big challenge to, to have all this emotion, heat it, and still continue to, to work on it and, and give them energy to say, okay, guys, come on, let's continue to, to let's achieve great things before it closed. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's required a little, little bit of psychology <laughs> and, uh, and a, a lot of love. Yeah, and that's important. While, while you were working on this project, was it already clear that the Makval was going to show it? Were you already in conversation with them, or this started before the before you knew where it was going to be shown? Actually, it it was a museum in Belgium, mm -hmm. uh, BPS twenty two. Uh, they are the one who called us, I see. and they said at first um, to the workers if you uh, managed to do an artwork, we could uh, eventually uh, put it in the collection. So that was really um, what they wanted. And uh, at the end, it, uh, it worked because now uh, this uh, six meter high turn uh, that is in the, the collection of the museum. Oh, and, okay. uh, and it was shown in Paris. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's, and it's in the collection of the other museum. Yeah, the, 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 those people were uh, uh, felt so humiliated mm -hmm. by the situation that they want to become immortal. And uh, we, we became like a gang and we have to make the, yeah, the hold up of the century <laughs> in six months. And uh, at the end to, to, uh, to leave uh, the, the rightest and the greatest traces of their skills and their history. So that's what the purpose of the also of the process. Yeah. So the, this uh, six meter turnstile sort of became the centerpiece of the exhibition, and then there were other elements. Yeah. That as well. Yeah. It's uh it's it's one of the one of our masterpieces, but there are also other masterpieces in the exhibition. <laughs> no, but uh, it was uh, the, the we decided to show it because it's a uh, very it's very symbolic of our practice. Mm -hmm. Also, the history we had with these workers was very intense for us and a big part of our career. And also to arrive to, uh, to, uh, to make a discussion between these artworks and other artworks we made in the, the 10 last years. Mm -hmm. So it, it, definitely this turnstile has to be uh, at, at Magwell, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, another project that really fascinated me and, and maybe because I could relate to it more personally, like knowing a lot about some of the racial tensions in LA and of course around the US and uh, knowing the ICA in Los Angeles a little bit. Um, the project you did there um, was titled, Maybe Some of Us Will Change This. And I believe that title came uh, from your interaction with high school students near the ICA. Um, so I'd love to hear uh, more of um, not only your experience of um, working in LA, but then also uh, specifically working with these high school students, many of them who um, are coming from possibly immigrant backgrounds or you know, feel somewhat at the fringe of society. Uh, yes, we um, we were very lucky to be invited by the ICA, and um, the school is right across the street of the ICA, so it's in Skid Row, and uh, it's it's a 
tough neighborhood. And the, the school is a continuation school. So uh, we didn't know that because we don't have it this in Europe. So it was really something uh, interesting for yeah. us, fascinating yeah. to, to meet to meet uh, to meet all some, the students. Some of the students, that means some of them are older. They're coming back to finish their degree and yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah they're behind in their credits, so they just have to to finish something, and they eventually they can go back to their their school, or it depends. They can graduate there there. So during the time we spent there, so it was a few months in two thousand eighteen. Yes. Yeah, 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 I think yeah, three yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, the, it, there was a tension we could feel at, at the, the first um, the, the first meeting we had with them because they were a bit scared to talk with us. Yeah, yeah. The teachers had to write on a board. Um, you have David and Stephanie. They are French, and uh, they're going to do an artwork which is unique. So please go and talk to them. So that, that yeah. was strange because we never had that. And a few of them came and talked about their life, which is sometimes very, very difficult. And um, we explained a work we did in France, which is um, changing a ring bell of a school using um, a whistle language from an Iceland in Spain. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the students said, do you know there is also a whistle language in Mexico? We knew that. We were so happy that they, they knew about that. So we exchanged about this uh, whistle language in, in Oaxaca. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the beginning of the work. Yeah. But the, the difficult part was that we wanted to find something with hope. We really wanted to... Uh, to share something with them that was about future and hope and it was very hard oh yeah <laughs> very hard because everything we heard was tough and and uh and at that time they were scared even to 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 yeah to talk to us to say i don't know uh, something about their parents i don't know it was it was Sure. They're probably yeah. worried about their parents getting deported or exactly. Exactly. That, was, exactly. that was exactly what was happening. And um, this title, maybe some of us will change this. Uh, we found it in an essay, an wow. essay of a student. And the question was um, um, uh, some. This was Gerardo. It was after the um, uh, the protest in uh, LA for the when when they yeah. they separate kids from their parents at the at the border. There was a big a big protest in. Yeah. yeah, it was just after that, and the the student wrote, maybe one of the our future student student will change this, mm -hmm. and so we said okay, so we have uh, something positive, something positive, but we also had this realistic maybe mm -hmm. this maybe some someone here will change this was humble yeah it was not like we are going to change the world but there was this maybe that we were really touched yeah, yeah. when we exchanged about that about yeah. that and so with this sentence we translated in mazatec, mazatec uh, language and in the whistle version of the mazatec 
and we wanted to invite this uh, whistler from Oaxaca to LA. And uh, of course he couldn't come. So we asked him, could you meet us at the border of Tijuana and we could record you through the fence. And on this fence, it's written, do not pass anything through the fence. Uh, paper, 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 food, and food. money. Yeah, money. and we thought, but sound, sound can, sound can go, uh, um, transmission, cultural, uh, culture can pass. So, so we, we, we met there. So we, we make an appointment, kind of appointment with uh, this Mazatec Whistler. So it's the first time he, he, he go down the hill because he always live in Huatla de Jimenez. He never came to even Mexico or Tijuana. So uh, friends of us in uh, Mexico joined him to Bring go with him to, uh, to the Tijuana border. Uh -huh. So we had a, a very accurate time of meeting from one uh, one of us each, each, on each part of the border. And at 11, we heard a whistle through a very strong whistling through the fence and said, well, okay, he's there. And so our sound engineer recording all the, um, the, the whistling of, uh, of um, uh, Eloy is the name of the whistler. And uh, several times and with the, the sound of the wave. And uh, so it was very, we shivered <laughs> a lot at that moment. And we never met him. Wow. Because so, so the, and, wall, uh, the wall or the fence was the wall, so you had when to we came closer. Uh -huh. We are yeah. not allowed. We because were not there allowed. Were the border patrol, and we could not even go at to I don't know twenty meters. Twenty meter area, oh, and wow. so we we hear him, hear him whistling and whistling and whistling, and uh, and he, he see us through the fence, and he tried to say hello, and we were so far, and uh, I just see a shadow for 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 us. Hello is still a shadow. Because yeah. we never came clo come, come closer to the, and so uh, yeah, it was very um, emotional for us to to see this guy who came from uh, I don't know uh, five thousand kilometers from Watla de Jimenez to to Tirana, and uh, we were just from twenty fucking meters, <laughs> and uh, we you can even say thank you, guy, for for what you did, and um, and so after we we had the recording and came back to LA. And we make a, a studio recording with our sound engineer, and all the kids of the school have to reproduce this whistling. Oh wow! Yes. Then I, no, I say kids, but they are more teenager or young adults. And uh, and uh, and so we make a studio recording. And um, and after Stephanie told me, yeah, but uh, we have to spread their voices through LA because you know all this, all those. Uh, teenagers uh, are mostly stuck in their neighborhood and you know because it's community and they sure. sometimes they stay where, where they were born and so we we, do, we have to find a, a way to spread their this hope message of hope through LA mm -hmm. and so that's Stephanie told me yeah but you have to to uh, to display the, the sound in the ice cream truck mm -hmm. by the tune and so that's that was a marvelous idea. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and so after we have to chasing uh, ice cream truck. And spend... they're still there. And they're still there. Yeah, yeah. two years it's later. Still, it's still being still... played, yeah. 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 We, we yeah. had a friend just sending a video from Mount Washington, and you can hear this ice cream truck with the whistle. Yeah. So wow. that's great for us. When it when it goes, you know, out from the museum and it's it's in 
in the streets and people could recognize it and yeah. uh, hacking the reality yeah that was that was a great experience yeah because the the fact it's uh the the, the voice of the, the those teenagers and their message is for two years after and for in forthcoming years still be hearing in the street of, of LA in different neighborhoods, Mount Washington, Echo Park, uh, Glazel Park, and uh, other place like that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and the trust of the ice cream a truck driver because you have two European guys who come across you and say, okay, guy, uh, we have a project. Can we change your tune? Uh, yeah, they have also to trust the trust us and the uh, and the rightness of the of this project and uh and some of the ice cream uh truck drivers also have a deal sometimes with kids if they have to reproduce uh, the, the kids of their their neighborhood if they arrive to reproduce correctly the whistling they have a free ice cream so oh, wow so at so, the beginning at I the beginning now but now i think now right no drive whistling correctly all the time but uh yeah it's for, for us it was a real experience to to say okay it's uh it's in the museum but it can the 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 artwork survive in streets for god know how yeah so that that's like real real street art yeah yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, but you have a real chance uh, to 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 be uh, to be supported by uh, also by ICA and uh, and uh, to 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 trust us in this project because it's not a uh, it's not only a white cube project, you know. It's uh, so uh, Aska Aska at ICA made a great job and uh, and Abilon too. So yeah, yeah, it was it's great. living and breathing in the community. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So uh, what are you uh, what are you both working on now? Do you have any sort of new ideas that are bubbling up or uh, new communities you're thinking about? Yeah, we, we're working on on, on on the same row, but on a different project. But for the moment, as we can travel due to the pandemic, uh, it's sure. complicated. So we just try to think about um, in the first part more conceptually. conceptually. Mm -hmm. uh, but the project we tried, we settled and we tried to settle abroad is the, the project about the, the people who work in the front, front line during the pandemic and the lockdown. Mm -hmm. So it could be the, the nurse, the doctors, the people who work in a supermarket, bus drivers. Uh, and, uh, and so we we made a, a project here in Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, we encounter a lot of people work uh, in the front line. And we took in their uh, right pole end the, their fate line and their heart line. Mm. So it's two line. It's the first time in our career we use two line for a project. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, uh, these two lines, we, we made it a big neon of 11 meter, 11 meter high in the city center. It's a um, artwork who stay there uh, forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like a monument of the, for the frontline people. Uh, During the pandemic. And is yeah, it we, also with light? Yeah, it's yeah. also with light. The idea was to take one uh, one line, uh, but to stay anonymous, mm -hmm. meaning that we met a lot of people. We chose one. Nobody knows um, from whom this line belongs, but it uh, it speaks for everyone. That's that's what we wanted to 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 share. And the important thing is, at first, uh, during this first confinement. 
uh, we had um, people applauding through the windows for the 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 workers. Yeah, and and we yeah. we were thinking with David, we uh, when all this is behind us, and we hope it's gonna be over soon. Uh, we want to remember, and uh, so this this monument is yeah. uh, is going to stay. It's on a parking, and it's, actually it's, now there is this large scale COVID test just in, in front, front of, of it. it. So yeah. you have all these cars. Um, so that's that's it's, what's yeah it's the main entrance of the of the the city and uh it's very visible because it's 11 meter high and uh and it's yeah it's a monument of the unknown frontline worker and uh and now we try to settle it in a in la or somewhere some somewhere around the world but uh we made it in a in a building in a on the on the building in it was in the museum in belgium mm -hmm. And now we made it here in Luxembourg, and now we try to to make it everywhere, because uh, uh, in other countries to because it's not a European problem; it's a global. Well, especially, yeah, especially here in the U.S., um, I think that that project would really resonate with people because you know a lot of our frontline workers at grocery stores, at, you know, construction sites, at the gas station, you know, many of them have either none or, or very, you know, very, very basic health insurance. Yeah. You have this added layer of uh, real sort of tragedy, you know, because often if they get sick, you know, there's, there's not a lot of resources for them. Yeah either in sick leave or health insurance so yeah it's it's a very you know serious issue and i mean they're trying to wrestle with it now but it's uh you know too little too late in my opinion mm -hmm. yeah so we, we definitely have to remember what those people made for us yeah. and, uh, and and during and during the lockdown there were uh also in the march of society because everybody was stuck in their home and they uh, make the the society uh, still uh, keep keeping alive, and, and, and mostly most of the time it's people we 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 don't we don't see them the bus driver when you are touring the bus we don't care about the bus driver but they were so essential yeah. for all the society and now when you when you see a uh, somebody who take a garbage or a rubbish bin or a driver a bus driver say guy if you want if you were on there during the lockdown it would be worse that it was already worse that it was already so yeah, yeah. it was dangerous yeah dangerous and uh, we work very often we 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 want to to show the people uh, that we don't see or that people don't want to see so that's an important part of our work and in this project uh it's the, it's the invisible yeah the invisible people yeah so now it's not invisible. it's a very timely topic right now and subject because even though things are improving it still will be i think you know at least a year right before we can sort of get a handle on everything and everything will you know stabilize hopefully so yeah yeah so we work on that for the moment so Great. Yeah, and all the project yeah. we want to do, we we have to wait until we can. Move yeah, again. we can move again. Yeah, yeah. But we also have the 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 next venue of the the show at Magval, on the, at the BPS twenty two mm -hmm. in October, 
So it's uh, nearly 3,000 square meter. Wow. So, so it's a big, big, uh, big work to, to do to, to uh, rethink about the to reinstallation of the show and a new, new dialogue between the artworks, new production, and, uh, and try to make the best show as possible for the, for the Belgian audience. So, and French and yeah, European audience. <laughs> great. Well, uh, it was great talking with you guys. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Glad you're healthy and able to keep working so well. And thank you for the invitation in the U.S. at some time as well. <laughs> we hope so. Thank you so much, John, and see for you the invitation. We you were too. see you soon on the East Coast, the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>